Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more of our shows, please visit brumradio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy podcast. Hi, George. Hello. Phil. Hello. Dave. Hello. Keith. Hello. Guy. Ryan. How are we all this week? It was somebody's birthday to start off with. It was. It was my birthday on Thursday. Yeah. It was good. We had dinner, afternoon tea, and it was excellent. I went to the Sea Life Centre yesterday. They've got penguins now. Why did nobody tell me this? <laughs> they're not tuxedo penguins, though. I was very disappointed. They're getting two penguins. Yeah, but they're brilliant. One of them fell in the water. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that like, supposed to be the place that they're the most natural? Yeah, you'd think. They're supposed to look stupid on land, but really good in water. Yeah. yeah, well, there were two of them were trying to get out of the water at the same time, and they collided, and one of them succeeded in getting out, and the other one just <laughs> fell back in. They didn't look very happy about it. They just, like, pushed the other one away. Was like, <laughs> and like, no, and you didn't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> How was your afternoon G&T? I don't was think there any was tea that. involved? There was. There was jasmine tea in the gin cocktail that, that they made for us. It was it was excellent. It <laughs> yes. was a ludicrous amount of food. Yeah, uh, yeah it was we, really great. We also discovered that I it's not gin I don't like, it's tonic I don't like. So it was actually quite nice it was that an I was important able discovery. to enjoy mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, I haven't found the right tonic. Yeah it's, it, yeah, it's the bitterness I can't get over. It's just... The gin's like whiskey. There's that many different versions of it. You yeah. need yeah. to find the right one. True. Grapefruit tonic is the one that you need to keep away from it. <laughs> Oh yeah, don't, that's, don't, like, that, that's, that's just that. sounds horrific. <laughs> yeah, that's like the sharpest thing in the world. Get anything nice for your birthday? Lots of nice things actually. I had a bit of a theme for my birthday presents. Everybody I know gave me things themed on Wonder Woman. I think Surprising. I might be coming predictable. <laughs> Not at all. No. Just well branded. No rogue stuff. <laughs> I did. I did get the uh, what's the proper name of the artifacts? Uh, the artifacts plus yeah. um, from Kabutakaya. Ah, the really, really expensive ones. Huh? They're not... Not the ludicrous ba- one, yeah, but relatively. It, it, but she's, not, she's not, not the ridiculous one in Nostalgia and Comics. Oh, the, the hot toys of... The ones that you want to really buy, but... We did work. nearly lose the pieces yeah. immediately, because she actually comes in bits you have to collect together, and I was expecting the box to be cell set together, and it wasn't, so I just kind of <laughs> shot arms and legs all over the flat as I took it out, which is a bit distressing. Yeah, a little bit. A bit like adult Lego, then. A little bit. Anything else exciting this week? Gone blank. We're at MCM <laughs> next weekend. That's yes. the exciting thing we're doing. Yeah. Really long Reli- for that. Releasing any new awesome. costumes? Yes, I've got two new costumes for this mm. one. Uh, I'm part of an Art Nouveau superheroes group on Friday, which is going to be awesome. It's Sounds a kind of art decory style costume, so I'm doing Rogue for that one. Although I haven't actually seen my costume yet because my friend is making it, so I'm hoping it's it's actually going to be really great. I'm sure it will be. <laughs> this is yeah. one that's going to need like copious amounts of stitching throughout the day. I mean, maybe. I'm hoping it's going to fit because obviously <laughs> she's had to make it without me there to try it on, so yeah. this could go horribly wrong. Yeah. To be fair, both Bendy and Nitty are quite skilled with yes it's now a cosplay it's yeah. making it for yeah. me and she is awesome so i'm sure it'll cool. be fine keith's breaking up the window as we speak yeah i can hear Pash shouting in another part of the building it's a naughty it's people isn't it we can't have a saturday i'm a little <laughs> <laughs> it's a naughty we can't drive people I know. i'm a little disappointed that warner brothers didn't schedule the release of wonder woman for this weekend just, yeah. just for george that was a, I, I frankly think, it's rude know. they used to do star wars on my birthday they used to come out like easily day or two after They've moved to Christmas now. Yeah. I think it, yeah. it works being at Christmas. Keith so. is going to knock over my can of San Pellegrino by doing this. And if he does, <laughs> I'm going to be miffed. Yeah. It's, like it's the tastiest of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Keith has just tipped his tongue my into the can. golden nectar. <laughs> we don't want to hear about your golden nectar. <laughs> I was very disappointed they only got lemon San Pellegrino as well. 
I like the blood orange one. It's the best one. No, Lemon's blood orange. the best one. Blood orange is the best sale. Pellegrino. Currently on sale, 50p a can in Asda. Just so. Get- I wonder why. We're not sponsored by <laughs> San Pellegrino. The oh, salt- guy would love to be. Other carbonated beverages are available. Or is it if we if we say San Pelle in, like enough times, they'll start sending us free cans? Imagine that walking to the studio every Saturday to a fridge full of San Pellegrino. Oh, God. Yeah, D- Dave Massey, get on it. I mean, guy, dream bigger. You might be like the candy man. You need to say San Pellegrino into the mirror three times and then a can okay. appears. I can't say San Pellegrino three times. <laughs> you can say Prosecco three times. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can we mention Prosecco more so people send us some of that? Can I just say Hendrix Gin, Jack Daniels, Guinness. <laughs> yeah. Vanilla Absolute. Hendrix Gin, stick local, support those local Birmingham businesses. If the bar ever opens eyes. Let's <laughs> mm. not <laughs> Phil, how was your week? My week was very good, thank you. I went to the press gala for the new UK tour of La Cajo Fall. Yeah, with... you bumped into Mr. Bromo. I, I did, I did, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it was a fun evening. Uh, I walked into the press room to a gaggle of our local drag queens singing "I Am What I Am." Um, <laughs> did you snub Bromauer like you did at previous events? No. Did you have your jacket stolen? No, it was like a successful evening. I had lots of <laughs> wine and we enjoyed the show and then I went home and wrote my review. It was brilliant. It had um, John Partridge, a.k.a. Christian from EastEnders, as Zaza, mm-hmm. the uh, the Nathan Lane role from the, when they made it with the, the Birdcage. Birdcage. Yeah. Um, God rest, you know, the, the late, great Robin Williams. Yes. Um, and it's just a brilliant show. It's, it's camp and funny and um, moving in parts and they've got a lovely sort of mix of cabaret musical and sort of dinner party farce drama drama, comedy, and it's just, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. brilliant, and if anyone um, is interested, they should definitely go and see it. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great show. You also wrote an article. <laughs> yes. So, Which um, I have arguments to talk about. <laughs> okay, so this month marks the 20th anniversary of the release of Luc Besson's, I would say, best film, The Fifth Element. Lay on. It's a colourful cult classic. I just, I, every, it's one of those things where if it's on... TV, normally on Channel 5, on like a Saturday night or a Sunday afternoon, I have to drop everything and watch it. It is perfect um, Sunday afternoon viewing. It's, it's just, it's pure escapism. It's so much fun. And um, the costumes were all designed by Jean-Paul Gaultier. And so I, as part of my day job as a uh, lifestyle and culture writer, decided to uh, narrow down the 10 most important style moments in that film. And what were they? So, oh gosh, Chris Tucker, now you're Chris, Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker, Chris Tucker. <laughs> I mean, number one and number two, the top slots were both Chris Tucker. So number m- number two was Ruby Rod in the leopard skin outfit, and then number one was Ruby Rod at the opera. Corbin Bella. <laughs> Copy my man. And Phil, then there was. Phil, you're the Ruby Rod of this show. <laughs> Thank you. That was it. This in is... in my head, this is like the future of Brum Radio. When we're like producing from space, that will be full. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what so I'm going Guy for. Emmanuel Zorg. Jean Baptiste Emmanuel Zorg. He he. So he's his pinstripes. He's he's a power dresser. He's on the list. Yeah, he had his luminescent jacket and, and the irid the iridescent, iridescent sort of yeah. plasticky '90s thing. I'll um, go. I'll go with that. Ryan, can you be the the opera singer lady? <laughs> <laughs> no, Plava Laguna. I'm the Mandagore, Mand- Mangalore. Mangalore. Oh. <laughs> Keith's giving it. If we're looking for notable omissions, admi- Lee Evans' yes. costume. Where the heck was that? Oh, and Mozart. Skipper. Yes, where was yeah. Mozart? Uh, it, it did kind of boil down to partially what, what royalty free photos can I find on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, there was what I hadn't realised when until I started researching it was that a lot of the sort of background characters and extras are all supermodels yeah. from the House of Gautier. So Sybil Buck and Yves Salve, who play um, the Zorg secretary, yeah. and then the Mangalore, who's shapeshifted into a beautiful shaven head lady. Um, they were both big '90s models, and those looks are incredible. Yeah, and it's just every inch of that film, like even now something new jumps out at you when you look at it because they built such an incredible futuristic yeah. world. Every time I watch it, I always forget Luke Perry's in the very start of it. It's oh like, my oh, God. for God's sake, it's Luke Perry. I, I'd forgotten that too. As is. Yeah. Right. It's, I, I'm not even going to say guilty pleasure because I feel no guilt. It's just I have nothing but love for that film. Yeah. And it was really nice when I shared the article on Twitter that so many people were, oh, A, oh my God, 20 years, I feel so old. And B, they were like, yeah, we love it too. Yeah, And I really hope that you... Thousand Planets lives up to it. I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic. I think. Well, you got Luke Besson. He's twenty years worth of thing. He said he's doing quite a lot of it in prop as well, not CGI. So, oh, good, Fingers good, yeah. Dave, how was your week? Yeah, not too bad. Very expensive on X-wing cards, I assume. No, to be fair, that 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 uh, card that I shared on Facebook, it was only it, uh, what eleven dollars shipped from the states. That's for a, for a, basically the guy I bought it from, he does a. Uh, big independent tournament instead of all the usual fan, fan, fancy, fancy flight games. games. Yeah. He does his own massive tournaments. He gets his own artwork printed on limited edition cards and mm. gets challenge coins and uh, player mats and everything else ordered. So yeah, like I'd love to do it, but until we're in Virginia. so Does he engage in casual play? <laughs> no, his favorite it's an organised tournament. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, yeah, just the usual work and then had Thursday and Friday off to celebrate George's birthday. So yeah, mm-hmm. being out for afternoon tea, as we said, and then Sea Life Centre yesterday, which was enjoyable. M- mostly me laughing at George's expressions of wonder. Did you get to touch the uh, stingrays? No. You're not supposed to touch the stingrays. They don't like Everybody it, apparently. Does. They had baby stingrays when we went. Yeah. They, they were, were very well hidden. They were. They were extremely well disguised. It was like some <clears> of those weird like puzzle games because they're all yeah. lying in the sand at the bottom. And you suddenly notice there's a pair of eyes sticking up. Because <laughs> last time I remember, they had like the rock pool that you could put your hand in and the cleaner shrimp come out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tidy under your nails. There's a bit we can go and poke the starfish, isn't there? <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you were quite ups- upset that there was no, fer- uh, no otters around at all, George. Do we even say ferrets? Ferrets. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think ferrets live in the sea as a general rule. I, I do like ferrets, but though, no, there weren't any of those, but no, the otters were, were, were asleep, which did make me very sad. Yes. They usually my favourite bit. Bang on the glass. Like, come on. But not even so you could see them. There yeah. was just Because there is like a little window into where they're supposed to be, but there were just none to be seen whatsoever. Otters are just puppies that live in water to me. Yeah. yeah. That's all they look like, and I absolutely adore otters. That's yeah. so cute. It was quite quite upsetting that they weren't there. Mr. Bloomfield, apart from public service travel, what have you been up to this week? See, I'm less entertaining than everybody else when it comes to these like things that you do during the rest of the week. I caught up on a few TV shows, watched mm-hmm. a few trailers. Any good TV shows? Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was cracking. Has it been any Ooh, good this season? Yeah. It's been amazing. It. It's brilliant. It's, where are you um, up to? We're up to uh, the episode now where we've just... It was What If was the title of the episode I just watched. Is it uh, call so back is, the old style What If 70s comics? Not really. It was more this... Because um, I don't know if you've been following. We've had, we've had the whole Ghost Rider Yes, and then it was sequence. the LMD. And we had the LMD. And now we're into this uh, segment now where they're in the framework. So they've re, practically renamed the show Agents of Hydra. Uh, and it's just it's alternative versions of um, the various characters, and it's it's just great. It's really good drama. I'm really really enjoying it. It's great. Um, list started listening to the interdimensional RSS that Phil recommended last week mm-hmm. for a bit of Rick and Morty, which in part I enjoy, in part I go just 
talk about the episodes rather than all the other stuff. So it's um, yeah. I, I'm only a few episodes through. So I think I'm about six episodes through. And there's about twenty or so at the have, moment. I think it's like one episode per episode of the yeah. show. Yeah, so it's quite a few. So I was kind of, kind of enjoying that. The gob on his face. No, uh, <laughs> not really, not really. Uh, I was just very pleased as well to notice that the uh, Twin Peaks Diane podcast has now started following me. Ooh. on Twitter which is quite good I've been listening to that this week yeah I haven't been listening to that although I was quite pleased at the idea that um, trying to think about Twin Peaks uh, how difficult it is and how much there is in it and like compared to something like Game of Thrones which you covered in like one throwaway episode like last year it's like yeah that's quality TV sign of quality TV uh, yeah so that wasn't a throwaway episode that was hours yeah, upon hours was, of you were able to condense <laughs> you were able to condense five seasons of Game yeah, of Thrones into a few minutes I was, was hyperventilating after reading that. <laughs> it was only the main plot line as well. We missed quite a lot out, actually, listening back to it. I, I, I think it would have but taken you the full know, hour. It's so easy. There's, we had no Podrick. There's, there's had... swords, there's dragons, <laughs> stuff happens. There you go, Game it's, of Thrones. It's the Hundred Years' War in fantasy world, isn't it, pretty much? Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's not as good as Twin Peaks. And I read some comics and. Um, Drank some coffee, ate some food. I'm filling <laughs> in with like, I'm trying to make myself look reasonably interesting here. <laughs> any brand like, names you want to mention? <laughs> any, any brand names of food? Some Pellegrino. No, not really. No particular brand of coffee that you're a big fan of? No. Because there's a coffee festival in Birmingham soon. What? Did you not know about this? No. Birmingham Co- Coffee Festival. 30 independent coffee traders at the custard factory in a couple of weeks. I might, okay, I, I can, I'm getting palpitations just at the thought of mm-hmm. that. BirminghamCoffeeFestival.com. See that sounds alright because at the moment I get Googling my uh, I get my beans freshly roasted from York's Bakery Calf. Uh, I thought they did hot quarter horse. They they roast their own. I was going to let that one go, guys. <laughs> it took a couple of seconds to sink in. <laughs> I line them up. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's like uh, yeah. So I, I quite like a, a freshly ground coffee and uh, using my AeroPress because I'm the yes. only one in the, my house that drinks coffee. It's uh, having a part of coffee on the go really isn't too good. So but a coffee. coffee. I was the demise of one of my favourite coffee shops this week as well. It was Six Eight Cafe. We've left. Near oh, I, I. They've still got the one at Millennium Point, so they're still. So what? Still can get so, so the one, so the one at the back of Rackham's. That. Yeah, the one at the back of Rackham's is now gone. Well, that makes me sad because they always had such cool playlists in there when I used yes. to go and work in there. And I it was think- going downstairs that mahusu basement that nobody ever seemed to know existed. Oh my god! I I I, there were, I spent a few afternoons just working there, like by myself, and it's like. Working. Yeah. <laughs> working. Working. Drinking copious cups of coffee with um, a slice of cherry And it's just like, and the acoustics in there, for when you want to like sing a little bit of, you know, Alone by Heart, it's, uh, it's, it's good. Yeah. I will miss it. That was a beautiful coffee. Guy, what have you been up to? A nastiness, general unpleasantness, but that's standard. I've been listening to I the... saw you do an act of kindness this morning. Sorry, I need to mention this first. Uh, you Surely but, you jest. No, there was a, a homeless man with a dog outside Tesco. And Guy bought the dog a pack of biscuits. And he Aww. gave the man oh, some money. Yeah, I don't, oh, care, I don't really care about the homeless man that much. I'll, but the homeless dog was care for me, so it's like, look out for the homeless dog. But I'm going to have to give him a pound as well, because he's going to... Otherwise, he's going to eat the dog biscuits, isn't he? So, you know, but I, I wasn't... You ruined really, it. I wasn't really <laughs> thinking about him, but more about the dog. So. For Guy, that is akin to becoming Mother Teresa. <laughs> Guy likes dogs, though. More than people, definitely. More than some people do. <laughs> what nastiness did you get up to? Not a lot, really, to be fair. I've just been in a bad mood all week at work. Uh, mainly horror. because I've had a stonk of Twin Peaks all week, so it's kind of been frustrating that I've had to get through work. So, But like Keith mentions, I've been listening to the Diane podcast, which has been great. But my favourite part of the week, Ryan, involved yourself. Hmm? Ryan was trying to write an article on Thursday night. And oh, yes, you 
he was uh, he was you know trying to concentrate and let nothing distract him. So I spent the time telling him what was going on in EastEnders this uh, this particular week to keep, uh, keep annoying him. Ryan was like, "I'm trying to work, dude. Please stop sending me messages." So now I kept sending him stuff like, "Whitney's been caught stealing. <laughs> Ian is holding a butternut squash. <laughs> Denise has gone to the food bank." Dot just got kicked out of a house. A man is coughing in the doctor's, so Ian asked, for his, asked his wife for some antibacterial gel. Lee Ryan's character is called Woody. Lee Ryan is in EastEnders. Lee Ryan is in Lee Ryan off of Blue. Yes. When Hang did on. that happen? They're all in soaps at the minute. Oh I think there's Duncan is in Hollyoaks. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Isn't one of them in Coronation Street as well? Ant- or isn't oh. Anthony Custer joining? Anthony Custer was in a Ruth Rendell play I went to see. <laughs> And he was terrible. how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. It was bad. I was like, Simon Webster. Please tell me that. when he came in, did he say all right? He did not. Oh, he could no. play the judge. It was not a courtroom <laughs> drama. He played. Uh, I mean, it was just like not his finest hour. But it was still better than Sarah Harding in Ghost. So I'd, I'd love that to do like a BBC special with Blue, but I'm all playing like judges, like Judge John Deep. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So did that annoy you? Yes, it did. So going back to the EastEnders thing, though, because we had a phone conversation, and well, EastEnders was on the other day, and we both had it on a mute in the background. And it turns out EastEnders is going through some quite big changes. They're using a lot of different sets, and they're trying to be a little bit more cinematic. But also the plot lines are getting weirder. So when I was on the phone to Ryan, some of the plot lines involved a pet hamster. Yes. Um, what else was going on? Groundbreaking oh, some TV. Pe- some people, some people gardening outside in blazers. Yeah. And also a load of post-it notes stuck up all over the marketplace, presumably with the script on for Lee Ryan to read. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that is what was happening in but the we episode. We thought it'd actually make a really good episode, like Mystery Science Theatre three thousand, like riff tracks. Just watch soap operas with no audio, and you have to redub it yourself. I mean, so I watched my first ever episode of Mystery Science Theatre. 3000 on Netflix and oh, it was the oh, obviously they've, they've done a reboot of it with yeah. Felicia Day and Pat Oswalt so I watched the first one which I believe was called Reptilius yes Reptilicus even yeah and for the first half an hour I was like this is so weird and so not good and then I was Until like until you get I'm gonna turn it. it off I'm gonna turn it off in a minute I'm gonna turn it off any minute now and then an hour and a half later I was like okay no I kind of get it now yeah I like it right. Are you going to go to Pram or Three away? episodes of Mystery Science Theatre you need to source and watch. The first one is Manos Hands of Fate, which is the worst movie ever made. It makes Edward look really good. Wow. Okay. The second one is Godzilla vs. Mothra. And the third one is Godzuki, Son of Godzilla, which they've completely ignored for the rest of the entirety of the Godzilla line. Is, is it funny, though? Because, like, I'm going to put it down. You know when you go to Electric and they do their... their, their cult film night and you've got these two guys in I swear they've been in working on Brumroda before but I'm just going to say outright they're not funny talking throughout the whole film making their jokes and you have to listen to their jokes and like, they're not it's funny it's not okay when you're in a public theatre and you're doing that because other people have paid they've not paid to listen to your you know little witty repartee yeah. they've paid to come and see a movie yes if you want to do that like rent it on Amazon or iTunes you know have a bottle of wine and popcorn and like jeer at the screen there and this is actually scripted and it's quite good so it's quite funny they've actually got proper comedians doing it okay. and they're robots yes okay. yeah. very badly made robots because it's like, sort of the point of the robots though wasn't it because I always feel like when you watch a bad film the idea is to watch it with your mates and then get your jokes with it apart from when you go and see the room where everybody's in on the joke and that's what I worry about with that show is will I get the humour because I'm not watching it with my mates so to speak I suppose it's more like a Rocky Horror-esque experience when yeah. like everybody's yelling stuff but it's at points where it's sensible to 
do so. It is a lot of fun. Just it's very silly and slightly ludicrous. They used to screen it a lot in the bar in Mockingbird randomly. That was a brilliant experience. Great way to watch it. I'm sad they don't do that anymore. I don't know. Room's always fun. Mainly because you have to take cutlery. And they expected to take cutlery. Mm-hmm. I took Viv to her first room experience last year, watching the room. The I, she's I've never been, seen this. She's never seen it. Nope. It's on, it's on Bank Holiday Monday at the Electric. If anybody's free, let's do it. Because yeah. you guys have been the best experience of your life. So basically, this film is an awful, god-awful film, which they've just remade recently with James Franco. Like the main oh, that's improved, it. Yes. God, no. <laughs> but it's a film with which is just... It's built up a cult around it. So I think it was Paul Rudd and a few of the other Hollywood people of his friend group found this film and they turned it into a cult movie. They'd watch it every week and they built up this like script of things that you have to do with it. So like th- this is how badly the film is made. There is pictures, you know, like they always put stock photographs in and they always usually like, put the couple's picture in yeah. and stuff like that. They bought the picture frames and left the pictures of the like cutlery in them. You know, like when you have that bit of an insert, which is just, oh, this yeah. is what it looks like with something inside the frame. So they bought all these frames and just left them around the set with pictures of spoons and cutlery. So when that's not on screen, you have to throw plastic spoons at the screen. <laughs> okay. Makes that's sense. why you never sit in the first couple of rows, because you will be assaulted by plastic spoons heading at you. It's like nothing you've ever experienced before. The main actor, you don't know where he comes from. It's just really hard to decipher his accent. Um, there's characters that crop up who you've never even met, and you just have to watch them have sex in a flat. Yeah. You literally have no idea who they are. The sex uh, scenes in there are absolutely oh, gratuitous. Um, and the guy turning up halfway through. Yeah, there's random plot lines. There's a story about the mother of the main har- of the female character getting breast cancer, which never goes anywhere. There's a character who's a creepy kid next door who's involved with drugs. Again, that never goes anywhere. And there's a random scene where they're playing football, American football outside in tuxedos for no reason whatsoever. And the flower shop. Oh, yeah. There's Good a, doggy. There's a, there's a pug dog in a sheepskin coat. Mm-hmm. sat on the edge of the counter in the flower shop. He goes into the flower shop and like, oh, it's my favourite customer. This is the only time the flower shop he's ever seen. And he goes, oh, hi, doggy. The little doggy on the side. That's genuinely how he speaks as well. Yeah. You can't decipher his accent. I'm slightly confused now. Have you? Are you still talking about the room or EastEnders again? <laughs> I'm a little oh, bit confused. Oh, my God. The room starring Ian Beale. And Doc Cotton. Oh. See, and Lee Ryan. I got, I got, I've seen the room. Yeah. And I got dragged along by people who were kind of like hyped to the gills yes. by it going, it's the worst film ever made. And, and even the electric trailer to film yeah. that was worse before they showed the room. And I still the room and it was like, it's all right. It's one of those that you have to be in on the joke, I think, to watch it. It's 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 like Rocky Horror Show. You don't go to watch the film, you go to sing along and have an experience and dress up. Throw toast. I mean, it's the only place in the world where it's quite actually acceptable to make a loud joke in a public room about breast cancer and get away with it. Because <laughs> that's happened. It was probably me. You should, <laughs> you should watch it at least once, though. It's one of those films that... You should experience it at least once. If I am free on Bank Holiday Monday, I i mean, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to commit to this because I, I, uh, you say it usually sells out pretty quick, so. Yeah, it's a popular event. Uh, I, I, you know what? At some point in my life, I will, I will sit down and watch this. It's not, it's not a faster seller as like It's a Wonderful Life, which sells out within milliseconds oh of it God. going. It's a great film. That's my favourite Christmas It's a great Christmas film, but movie. It's, it's depressing for two hours and then it's nice at the uh, right yeah. at the end. But you've got Jimmy Stewart at the best of his acting talent all the way through. He actually makes you believe he's a 20-year-old and a 60-year-old in one film. Good work for some guy who was in his 40s at the time. It, it's it's a good film, but like I'm not sure I would ever go and see it at the cinema. Keith, what are you doing with the... It's having a mental break again. I'm just wondering if I could turn this into some kind of body armour. Are you but... thinking Pound Trap cosplay? Yeah. 
It does look a bit from the other side like the Judge Dread armor. You haven't explained what it is though. What what he's right. actually this what is, he's holding. This is soundproofing foam for the studio, which we've had a big delivery of, which is like a bit like egg box stuff, but made out of foam. Yeah. So I could put, cosplay a porcupine. No. Or from Mad. <laughs> or he could be one of the guys from Mad Max, like cut it off and turn it into like crap armor. I'm getting some Fifth Element vibes here. Yes. Where is Jean-Paul Gaultier? Like a like a, a soundproofing foam bikini or something. You never mentioned the cops. The cops design in Fifth Element was brilliant. Again, it's all about image licensing. <laughs> well, they did look like a bit like a slight ripoff of the judges from. Judges they, 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 they 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 did with the helmets. Yeah. Yeah. Judge, yeah. That's what. I'm but it's such a wonderful film. Like you said, there's every scene is immaculate. And, you know, you can't be a film that has the words Corban Dallas Multipath. Hilo Dallas Multipath. Tricky as well. The fact Tricky's in that movie. Never again do you see him act. It's, uh, but... <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a joy. It's a joy. Yes. Weird news. One story this week from the NPR.org. Hipster radio. Yes. Will someone please adopt this utter b- of a cat? <laughs> Yes, immediately. Bring it it to me. I will. (laughs) Looking for a rescue cat to take home, the Sunny Puss, the friendly ginger cat, Tom Tom, a loving tuxedo kitten, or Mr. Biggles, the utter b****d of a cat. (laughs) The cat people of Melbourne wrote an adoption listing for Mr. Biggles, a.k.a. Lord Bigglesworth. (laughs) Awesome name for a cat. That reads less like an ad and more like a cautionary tale. Mr. Biggles is an utter, utter b****d. Gina Brett wrote in the listing which went viral he is a despot and a dictator <laughs> he is a gorgeous cat but beware she writes if he doesn't like what you're doing he will give you a nip sometimes he'll just take a swipe at your feet too it depends on what he can reach at the time Mr Biggles does not like to be thwarted he will throw a catty tantrum if he can't go outside when he wants to be let out and he wasn't allowed outside for the first couple of weeks at his carer's home so there's many tantrums not being fed on time is also a tantrum inducing exercise he will let you know when he is not happy which is often because things are just not up to his high standards Mr Biggles likes cuddles on his terms and he will sit in your lap when he decides it's time the stroking if your stroking is not up to his standards, he will nip you. This is not Phil Alice's grinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, this kind of sounds like living with George. It sounds like a cat. I genuinely had a cat like this when, when I was a kid. Oh, Toby. Yes. Yeah, he was exactly like that. He would come to, to let you know he wanted to be stroked. He would come over and bite you until you petted him. And then when he'd had enough petting, he'd bite you again so you'd stop. Isn't it just a description of a cats? Cat. <laughs> In a video posted with a listening, Mr. Mr. Biggles declined to offer such a statement of why he was a bastard and whether he did it intentionally. <laughs> it's not the old irascibility and violence, however. Mr. Biggles permits kisses on his shiny black head if he's feeling mellow. The listing notes, he has a cute little snore, is capable of playing with a dog without drawing blood, and he also loves to be involved with what you're doing, which is a rather ambiguous form of praise for a cat. And he's healthy, stupidly healthy, the listing says. Mr. Biggles is not a cat with the inexperienced or faint-hearted. He is a full-blooded tomcat with very firm boundaries. The listing continues, are you what that one special person for Mr. Biggles? Is there a photo? Yes, I will show you the photo. As of Friday afternoon, Lord Bigglesworth is still available for adoption. Oh, I'll take him. He does sound exactly like the cat we had. Yeah. Oh, he's See, even a black cat. Perfect. That is that is my cat reincarnated. No. See, I was going to say, like in the, in the listing, it says, "Well, he w- he will allow you to kiss kiss him on your head." Given everything else that comes before that, would you be risk like risk, oh, risk, oh, risk he, he your face? I'll take him. Cat. Definitely. He looks like a stone cold. <laughs> Do you know, like, I used to walk to work and there, were, there used to be a cat I used to see every morning and he's proper sinister, he used to stare me down, just literally watch as I walk past, like, I've got issues with you, 
on one of these days. Got beef. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a sit down, me and you know, <laughs> have a serious conversation about why I don't like you. And I was thinking, like, look, I'm just walking to work here. Like, literally, this cat had it in for me. Just like, that's I felt, just cats. I felt that's like their faces. He, he was burning my back with his stare. I just love the juxtaposition of the name, which is like the cutest, fluffiest Lord name. Lord Bigglesworth. <laughs> Lord Bigglesworth. But they, the and way the that... immense rage that cat. I think the cat understands its name, and that's why it's got such immense rage with everybody in the world. But the way it's described as a despot and a dictator. Yes. <laughs> I was like, it just it to be an orange cat. It reminds me of um, reminds me of uh, the SNL sketch, the the whiskers are we, where Kate McKinnon is an elderly le- elderly lesbian running a cat shelter, and yeah. she's like, "Tobe, this is Toby. He's a pathological narcissist. <laughs> All cats are pathological narcissists. That's why yeah. I know. That's why I relate." Yeah. Those pictures make him look like Salem out of Sabrina <gasps> the Teenage yeah. Witch as well. Oh, so I expect yeah. him to talk. <laughs> He's got a really snarky accent. Salem well. is me. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he puts people down in a way that gets their really small insecurities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like he's, he's into gaslighting <laughs> and emotional manipulation. Oh, you think that looks good on you? <laughs> good for you. He, he, he's nagging you. Yeah. <laughs> Keith looks a bit like um, Willard Craft from Sabrina. <gasps> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Keith. <laughs> At least you didn't say one of the aunties. I, I, I would be I would be one of the aunties. Your aunties. I it was Salem. <laughs> what that too. <laughs> oh, he's the he's the voice of saying, Salem. I'm not saying, but at least you didn't call Keith one of the aunties. The aunties are milfs. Or <laughs> that would have I, been even worse. I oafs. Talking of milfs, I text Ryan yesterday. I got on the train. Bart Green, three middle-aged women, well to do. Obviously, husbands, good jobs. Sat on the train talking about. Other wives, kids, their husbands, and their lives. I genuinely felt I was in an episode of Real Housewives. Like, oh, like, Real Housewives of Bart Green. Yeah. This proper, like, you know, you know how it is on those shows. Yummy mummies. You yeah. know, like when they have like the experiment where they have to have a normal day trip out or something like that, or they have to go to the supermarket. It must be like an episode mm- like that. Imagine they were like, filming this, have this guy like, scowling in the background. <laughs> we'll like, blur him out. We'll cover him with like the network logo. It's like, fine. You were like Bob in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like. Yes. Just yes. at the bottom of the bed. He's Killer Bob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, 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 their lives were so boring as well. They were talking about like posh kids being like playing flute in school, and it's kind of like just just shut up. Bet they're Baby Bell households. Phil, you would have fit. No, they're not Baby Bell. They're Rock. You would have the time in your life. Phil would have sashayed over with a bottle of wine. Hi, ladies. Always back to prosecco. Anybody for a few glasses? Phil would not offer to share prosecco. No. Not with like basic Beckys like that. <laughs> basic Beckys, basic Beckys, and practical Pete's. <laughs> somebody shared with me the most Phil thing of all time the other day. Somebody shared a photo of two strangers on the tube train in London who had found an unopened bottle of wine and proceeded to sit and share it and just neck this bottle on the tube. And I was thinking, like, that's Phil. That's Phil making friends. That's <laughs> how I make friends. Yeah. Oh, I found I'm... this Pinot Grigio under the seat. Look. <laughs> I'm gregarious. No, Phil would make sure it was a wine of decent quality oh, first. Obviously. If it had been blue, no need to just put it back. <laughs> it depends on uh, what stage of the evening it was. Northern be. line, I expected better. <laughs> <laughs> so Phil's just revealed his like superhero or spy identity. Greg Arius. <laughs> hey, sorry. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Keith must be stopped. Those t-shirts are available to buy online. <laughs> Hashtag stop Keith 2017. Weird food. Recap, please. So we ate the Oreos of Doom. 
stuffed with marshmallow peeps and the world's most ludicrous amount of pink food colouring. Ryan wants to know about our Can I go first? Yeah. Five peeps Oreos were consumed. Yes. No unusual activity to report. Dave? Yeah. I had three and diddly squat. Phil? I lay rainbows on the best of days. (laughs) (laughs) George? Nothing to report. Going. Uh, I had a few. I probably went through a few extra but no, no pinkness, just just solid, dirty brown. No. <laughs> oh, no. With that colour, you all being disgusted. You all looked at that toilet bowl and said that shining back at you, apart from Phil, who obviously sees unicorns down there. There's always one who lowers the tone. <laughs> Nothing for me either. I'm very disappointed. This has been the stool report with Geeky Brummy. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just because we didn't we consume them like Americans. You know, we, we didn't need to eat, eat more, the entire more, pack each. Yeah. So you could do that with the Bristol stool scale and do it in like the shipping forecast. <laughs> Phil Ellis, strong four. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> That's my grinder profile. <laughs> Guy, Guy Helford, Eastley two. Hello, and welcome as Eastley. Let me dance to the sound of swing beats. Owls, I not both a scene. Through the darkness of future past, the magician longs to see. One chance out between two worlds, fire, walk with me. Welcome, listeners. Grab yourself a cup of coffee and a slice of cherry pie. This is the story of Twin Peaks. Our tale begins on the shore of a lake in a small logging town in the Pacific Northwest. The body of a teenage girl has washed ashore, wrapped in plastic. Her name is Laura Palmer, and she has been murdered. FBI Special Agent Dale Cooper arrives in Twin Peaks to investigate the crime, working with local sheriff Harry Truman. Cooper suspects that Laura may be the victim of a serial killer, Her death is eerily similar to that of another girl who was murdered one year earlier. After only a few days in town, Agent Cooper experiences a vivid, uncanny dream about Laura Palmer, a backwards-talking small man from another place, and a mysterious red room. We soon get to know the inhabitants of Twin Peaks, including the many people linked to Laura Palmer, her best friend Donna, her boyfriend Bobby, and her secret boyfriend, James. Donna teams up with her classmate Audrey to solve the murder, while falling in love with James. Their gang gains a new addition with the arrival of Laura's identical cousin, Maddie. Then there are the rest of the town's inhabitants. Waitress Shelley, who's having an affair with Bobby. Shelley's abusive husband Leo, who is having an affair with Laura. Diner owner Norma, who's having an affair with James's uncle Ed. Sawmill owner Josie Packard, who's having an affair with Sheriff Truman. And Josie's sister-in-law Catherine Martell, who's having an affair with Ben Horn who was also having an affair with Laura. Following Laura's death, her parents, Sarah and Leland, both suffer mental breakdowns, and Sarah experiences terrifying visions of a feral, long-haired man. This is later revealed to be Bob, an evil spirit from a realm known as the Black Lodge. Another spirit, Mike, tells of how Bob was a vicious, feral killer in life, and that he continues to torment the innocent in death. Leland himself says he remembers seeing Bob when he was a small boy. It is eventually revealed that Leland has been possessed by Bob, and under his demonic influence, he murdered his own daughter. Leland then also kills Maddie and disposes of her body in a similar fashion. At the same time, Cooper and Truman are visited by an otherworldly being, a giant who informs them it is happening. 
again. They apprehend Leland, who confesses to his crimes before taking his own life. Case closed, and it's time for Cooper to go home, but he finds himself falling for Annie, Norma's younger sister. However, he can't escape his troubled past. His former partner in the FBI, the crazed Wyndham Earl, is in Twin Peaks. He's seeking not only revenge, but also the fabled Black Lodge. On the eve of the annual Miss Twin Peaks competition, Earl kidnaps Annie and takes her to the Black Lodge. Cooper follows him into the Red Room, the gateway to the Lodge, and there he encounters an apparition of Laura Palmer. She says, you will see me again in 25 years. Walking from room to room, he also sees Maddie, who warns him to watch out for her cousin. He finally finds Earl and Annie and strikes a bargain. In exchange for Annie's safe return to the world of the living, Cooper will give up his soul. Their Faustian pact is almost sealed, but at that very moment, Killer Bob appears. The lodge is his domain, and he is furious that Earl would dare take somebody's soul from him. He kills Earl and sends an evil doppelganger of Cooper after our hero. Cooper and Annie escape the Black Lodge and make it back to Twin Peaks, but in the final chilling shot of the series, we see Bob in Cooper's reflection. The demon has possessed him. First experiences of Twin Peaks. For me, I was a big fan of David Lynch, having seen things like Eraserhead and then stuff like Dune and Blue Velvet. But my first experience of Twin Peaks was on VHS cassette, um, as the Americans had got it on their TV shows. We had it as a video in the UK, which was actually a self-contained episode, which revealed the killer. Ooh. So the whole video ends revealing who kills Laura Palmer. And interestingly enough, the artwork for the video only features Ronette and James Hurley. There's no Bob, there's no uh, Agent Cooper. So it's being sold as a completely different thing. So from that, later in the year uh, on BBC Two, they started screening the whole of the show. Uh, and we were lucky enough, because we were so far behind the Americans, we only had to wait a few weeks over Christmas to find out what happened in season two. You really don't want to sell a product on James Hurley's face, really, do you? <laughs> it was painted artwork, so it was quite nice. But it was one of those things that in the years after, people didn't believe the fact that the killer had been revealed on this VHS cassette. And it it's was a, just one it's episode. It's a bizarre sort of marketing decision, isn't it? It was partly from Lynch and Frost, anyway that they did this international pilot, which wrapped it up in one go, because if for some reason Twin Peaks didn't go anywhere, they could actually tell a complete story. They expected um, it to never go into syndication, didn't yeah. they? It was supposed to be just a one-off. And, and the wonderful thing of it is, is those scenes that they shot for the end of the pilot. So basically, it's the same 90-minute pilot that the Americans got with an extra 20-odd minutes tacked on, and they re regurgitate that content into episode three of the show so it does mm. something completely different but it's uh it was great it was like this whole thing in one go on vhs it was like it was it was david lynchian it was weird it was bonkers my my parents absolutely hated it and it was this wonderful kind of just fully formed thing that just appeared it was amazing my first experience of Twin Peaks was sort of kind of coming at it secondhand or backwards almost where I didn't actually sit down and start watching the show until about five years ago and I streamed it all online and so it was interesting because once I started to watch it it was like every other bit of pop culture I'd ever absorbed suddenly made sense because it was like oh that's what this was a reference to or that's what that was riffing on and it's like actually every big prestige TV drama that has come since Twin Peaks owes it some sort of debt. And it was really interesting to be like, right, well, I watched Lost and I thought that was weird. But Lost is just like a, such a watered down version of Twin Peaks where it's sort of, it's character driven with an ongoing mystery and it's weird. But I feel like Lost was weird for its weirdness's sake, whereas Twin Peaks was more about 
well, because it was a Lynchian thing, it's like a mood piece that also happens to be a murder mystery. And yeah, so it was, it was really interesting coming, coming at it years and years afterwards and watching it all in one go, being so consumed by the mystery and being able to binge it as well, which I'm not sure whether that kind of did it any favours or not. I feel like actually having just these tiny little surreal moments eked out week after week might have been a better way to experience that story. Yeah, I think for me, mine was weird because Channel 5 started showing it on a midnight on Saturday nights. So probably about 2002 I think and they showed like five episodes in one night and then they showed the rest of series one and then they just stopped it was really I remember doing I was doing my GCSEs at the time and I became more interested in that than actually my GCSEs which probably (laughs) explains a lot to be fair but I only ever got to see series one and I had to wait until the DVD release from America to finally watch the whole state of series two um so it was a bit fragmented the way I saw it but it's just fantastic it's just you, you just don't forget when you've encountered it uh, it's unlike anything you've ever seen before and it's it's scary and it's beautiful but you're drawn into it absolutely that's like being friends with you <laughs> <laughs> thank you i was introduced to twin peaks by um, a previous flatmate was the first person who showed it to me and we used to watch kind of one episode in the evening i don't recommend watching twin peaks right before going to bed it's a terrible idea that's no. what we did no, for a while no no no, no, no. So any more than one episode a night we found was too much. There was too much to reel in one go. You have to kind of portion it up to be able to fit it all in your head. I think it's one of those shows where the more answers you get, the more questions you end up with afterwards. You'd get kind of something would build up to reveal and you get that get that little tiny mystery solved, but it opens up six other mysteries instead. But I think one of the things that stays with me about Twin Peaks is not so much plot, it's the mood. It's the atmosphere, the music, some of the visuals. It's like little things like Audrey is a character I think I really enjoyed most. It's little things like Audrey changing her shoes at the locker and all that kind of stuff of who she was. It's very cool. Audrey Horn cosplay? I, oh, that would be awesome. I don't know if anybody would get it though. I hope, should, I hope they would. I have thought about it's it. It's not kind of the, the look, the signature look, it wouldn't be strong enough, I think. No. Log lady? It was... It was Log lady, log lady, pretty recognisable. So, my experience, I'm massively late to the game on this one. Uh, guy came round one evening, it was, and we watched the version that Keith was talking about. I called him an idiot a few times, asked him what he'd been doing with his life, so yeah. sort himself out. <laughs> so we put on the version that you were on about the ninety-minute movie, and you realised about fifteen minutes before the end, it's like, yeah. oh. This is the version that you're not supposed to watch. You're supposed to watch the whole thing. So we stopped it there, and then I've since gone back and rewatched the first episode and the second episode, but that's as far as I'm in. But I am enjoying it so much at the moment. How do you feel knowing what you know? Because you actually know. Yeah. Like what the who who the killer is, so you know going into it what to expect. Is it you are you going to look at that thinking, oh well, how does this all piece together? Yeah. Or it's, is it kind it's of a bit like a murder? You know? It's it's like what reading a Sherlock Holmes book. You always know what the outcome's going to be, but it's, it's the journey that it takes you through is part is the fun. It was I, I had the same experience though, where because I came to it so late, I'd had the the mystery spoiled. I've seen I, the Simpsons episodes. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's just like because it's one of these most iconic bits of pop culture. Um, I think everyone just assumes that you know. It's like who you know. Everyone assumes you know who shot Jr. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, if you're talking about cult TV, everyone kind of you know assumes that you know who killed Laura Palmer. So well, I knew the going name in. Pretty much gives it away because that's what everybody calls him. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I knew. The cer- I knew the whole circumstances around the murder before I went in, so I knew immediately who to look at and be like, you did it. But yeah. that didn't make it any less interesting. If anything, it made it more interesting, because it's like, oh, but this... I'm watching it through, like, two lenses now. 
yeah. where the performance of this actor is so interesting because I know what the character is meant to be hiding. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it kind of, it didn't spoil it for me. It kind of just made it a very different experience yeah. maybe to everyone else. I think the first two episodes of Watch, they've kept it mostly normal so far. We've not dipped into the surrealism too much. I think it's, is it end of, is it episode two or episode three? Episode, episode three starts to yeah. go there. Most of season one is actually not Pretty. as... Surreal. Mythic. It's towards the end of season two. As, yeah. uh, it starts to it starts to bed things in. Yeah. To it in that, but season two is the one where it really starts to go off on that, and I think that's one of the things that was lucky for me when I saw it in the nineties. There was no internet. Yeah. You know, there might be some message boards from the states, but it was it was a mystery. It was something where everybody watching it was in the same boat. Okay, quick wrap up. Top three episodes. Uh, my three picks. I've had to write them down so I can remember what they are. Season one, episode three. They have names now. They didn't at the time. Oh, Zen, Zen and or the, the Art. Catching yeah. a serial killer. Uh, brilliant. Shows Dale Cooper at his best. How he uses Tibetan methods to deduce things. A bit of a Dirk Gently type thing that he's got going on there with it all being connected. But also it ends with um, the dream that we riff back from the the the. the a European pilot David Lynch in directing fantastic my next picks were the second third episode of season two The Man Behind the Glass um, just because it's got one of my favourite characters Albert Rosenfeld in it and there's this great moment between him and Harry and he just reveals himself to be a pacifist and he loves Harry Truman and it's just a great moment in it my other pick for that season was episode seven, Lonely Souls, where we see the giant for the first time the pale white horse and it also reveals who killed Laura Palmer Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you because it all blends into one. But I like the last episode because it's generally nightmarish. But I guess we'll go back to that in a bit. Um, I, I like the episode where um, Lynch gets off with Shelley, which was only written in there because he wanted to kiss Mad Chemovic, didn't he? Really? I mean, the whole weird storyline where he's profoundly deaf, except he can hear her voice perfectly fine. Just like that is that was there. Are, Considering Sorry, Phil, I can't hear you. <laughs> considering it's so such an amazing show, there are some every now and then there was just a plot point that came along. I was like, I'm sorry, this is so dumb, <laughs> but I love the show so much, I'm going to forgive it. Like Super Nadine. <laughs> I, I love the Gordon Colt Shelley bit. It gives Gordon such a point where he he connects with the world really properly for the first time in his entire life. And it's I, a beautiful I loved, moment. I loved Shelley. To be fair, she was a mess, but I loved her. God, I couldn't possibly pick. I'm like, guy, they all kind of run into one weird mess of confusion. I don't think I could choose. Out the two I've watched, probably the first one so far. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite supporting characters? Phil, do you want to start us off? I'll start you off. Um, so I really, really loved, and, and season two is a long, weird slog, um, but one of my favourite highlights of season two is David Duchovny's guest appearance as <laughs> Denise. Um, and what I really like, so, so just a little bit of background. So Denise is um, a FBI colleague of uh, Agent Cooper, um, and he's a crossdresser. And what I love about the character of Denise is um, she's actually stronger in full wig, shoulder pads, and high heels. There's more like power and like strength to her when she's dressed like that than when she's um, just dressed as a man. And I really, I think that was just like a really fun, nice moment. Um, and paved the way for the X-Files well yes uh, absolutely yes he was Mulder and Scully in that role Um, and it was really again really interesting watching it sort of after that to see Mulder and this is like this was before Mulder you know and and it's interesting to see that that was you know 
a role they had first. So I like that, yeah. I don't know if she counts as a supporting character, but I think my love for Audrey Eclipse is all. I just think she's brilliant. I love the game she's playing. I think the way she's introduced as a character, so seeing her at the locker, like casually smoking the cigarette into the locker, you just kind of think, this is somebody who's cool. I want to be friends with her. Going? I've got three slash slash four, because one's not a major character. I love Gordon Cole. Because as we've just discussed, he shouts everything he says, which is funny to me. I love Norma Jennings because oh. she's just beautiful. She's so beautiful. <laughs> and her I, her voice, her soft, low voice when she goes, I love you, Ed. I was like, oh, I love you, Ed, too. Like, this, <laughs> she's, so, she's so lovely. I just want things to go well for her. This is the, the not a main character one. I really love John Justice Wheeler because I just love the him and Laudry Horn storyline. Where she falls in love with him, and it is was, that Billy Zane? It's Billy Zane, <laughs> yeah. but who doesn't love Billy Zane? And this is a really controversial one, but upon a rewatch of it recently, I couldn't help myself but liking Leo Johnson because he's so over the top with how he acts towards Shelley. That it almost becomes like a pantomime, and it's so funny. Like he is a pantomime villain. It's so aggressive. like Shelley clean the floor, and it's kind of like it's like so OTT. It's like no one would really, no one's like that. But he gets his comeuppance, so it's okay. He really does, and then it's like. I was listening to another podcast and they said that David Lynch did the first ever Family Guy cutaway joke in the last episode, which he directed. When they were like, oh, I'm sure Leo's up to nothing. And then he's got the spider cage hanging out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. so that, that's the last time we see him on the show. So um, in a way, I hate him, but I kind of like Leo Johnson because he's such a weird character, especially when he was comatose for a while. Keith? See, two of mine are this continuing on from Phil's choice of Denise is... Uh, Albert Rosenfeld and Gordon Cole because the FBI just seems to be filled with all of these bizarre strange characters literally every FBI agent we meet has some kind of crazy quirk mm. and the and seeing David Lynch doing Gordon Cole is just amazing just that whole kind of like I'm shouting I'm loud I'm completely at odds with everything else that's going on and I, I loved him for that it was just like oh my god David you're so brilliant man and I did love that scene, though, when he kind of hears Shelley talking in the diner, and it's like, that moment, it was just brilliant. I just like Major Briggs as well. Oh, yeah. He's kind of cool, because he kind of seems to know what's going on, and seems to know a lot more than he lets on at any point, and also he's kind of like, you know. That's what I love about the FBI characters, and I was going to say Garland Briggs as well, because it's these men who are part of these kind of like really, you know, sort of like they're figures of authority. They're in these big um, bureaucratic um, organizations. Yeah. But it's like, actually, oh, an evil spirit did it. And they're like, okay. And rather than wasting time and time and time going, oh, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. It's like, they're just like, they get on board with it. They're like, and I think it's Garland Briggs says, well, there's more things in heaven and earth than we can, you know, comprehend in our philosophy. And it's like, I like that kind of pragmatic approach of maybe magic is real. Maybe there are evil demons out there killing girls. And you know what? Like, let, but we're still going to try and stop them. And I was just like, I love that. He has a really round head as well. Yeah. Like, really and, round. and then he was on Stargate, playing basically the same character. Basically the same character, but his character as well is, is like it's one of those Force, guys yeah. who's doing Project Blue Book, which yes. is kind of a ufology kind of thing yeah. that goes well, on. The cross-dressing thing that leads back to J. Edgar Hoover, who set up the FBI in the first place. Yeah. He was a very well-known cross-dresser in Hollywood. And I just, yeah, like you say, I love the idea of the FBI being populated with all these <laughs> lovable weirdos. Um, Can I pick Diane? Does she count? Like, that- surely. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm going to be disappointed with the log lady when she first shows up. Because it's disappointed Nobody, the log yeah. lady. Lo- lo- log lady is, is Twin Peaks. She embodies the place she's again like like Briggs she's connected to something we're not privy to and you know the log tells her things and she's really good but Diane as well yeah yeah, you never see her. It's cool. She never appears, but Diane. she's great. Oh, Diane, <laughs> the voice at the end of the dictaphone. Yes, yes, yeah, no. Diane, yeah. 
But it's, I mean, it's huge. There's, I mean, I think in the revival, there's 217 characters appearing at some point. Yeah. There's oh some, something for the everybody. The majority yeah. of them were from the original two yeah. series. And, it, the and um, it's good to see that, you know, Miguel Frua and uh, Catherine Coulson, who were the log lady and Agent Rosenfield, managed to film their scenes before. Unfortunately, we lost them yeah. uh, in the last 12 months. So it'll be good to see those characters again. Shame about Bowie, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, can you? Oh, that would have been so wonderful. Film. Two seasons and a movie, but a massive impact. Season one, eight episodes. Uh, I mean, season one ended, and I was like, "What?" The 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 way it ends, it felt like more like a mid-season finale. And and, and again, I think it's because I watched it all just in one go, and it's it's so strange that season one is eight episodes, and then season two is like twenty-one, twenty-two, yeah, yeah, and that made season two hard to get through at some points because they had they were filling so many weeks with story, just spinning their wheels until they could get to that explosive finale which is one of the most memorable, terrifying things I've ever seen. And then the, the way that the finale of the series finale then led into the prequel um, Firewalk With Me, which again, it, it's like a horror film and the most gritty domestic drama kind of rolled into one. And it's just so derided. A lot of people hated it, but I kind of loved it. It's interesting to see how TV's gone through that whole period of having long seasons, especially in American TV. And it seems to be pulling back now towards having an short series stranger things for a perfect example short series which owes so much to, to um, twin peaks yeah and it's yeah. going back to these anthology seasons which i think season one sounds like is the better one out of the two i think it season one maybe had a better idea of what it was about what it was doing and, and what it was i think you just need to watch it as a whole piece and just imagine it as a 30 episode one season thing Instead i agree of, you just need to watch it all when I mean, there's a lull midway through but genuinely, compared to a lot of stuff that's on TV these days, it's better. Yeah, the first the first season of episodes keeps the momentum up. There's there's a reveal and a new mystery and a reveal and a new mystery, and it really pumps that up. And I do think that the end of that season is great when Dale opens the door. It's very much a kind of like who shot Jr. moment. Um, I, I didn't love it, but we didn't have to wait long in the UK. We basically had yeah. to wait three weeks before it was all revealed and got it started moving again. But again, I think the fact that seven episodes into the second season. We have another big reveal, and I think that's the point that it starts to kind of it peters out a little bit. And we st- we get, I mean, it does end up we get Lumberjack Dale, which is just you know, Carl McLaughlin as a lumberjack is just <laughs> insanity of, of all kinds. And I, I love think, that. Um, bit um, they, I mean, Mark Frost and David Lynch have both admitted that they solved the mystery too soon, and that they kind of they, well, they haven't said they ran out of ideas, yeah. but it was they said it was hard to keep that narrative momentum going once everybody knew who had killed Laura Palmer, and that story was to all intents and purposes over, which is when the whole Wyndham Earl arc started, and then and and that was why season two was a bit of a slog for me because the bits I cared about the most were Laura and Bob. Worst plotline in series two. Round Robin, James and Evelyn. Oh my god, oh, I blocked that out. Sad. It was like a sort of bubble spin-off, game. wasn't it? It was yeah. so weird. I think my least favorite is when Ben Horn goes insane and thinks he's part <laughs> of the Revolutionary War. <laughs> I literally, I was watching that and I was like, I, 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 I honestly thought I'd fallen asleep and woken up to another show. I was just like, what the hell mm. is going on here? Hearing this for the first time. Just makes me imagine what I've got to do. <laughs> and although it is a, it is a bit of a slog, 
the the fact that the characters keep you kind of you, you care kind of about there's bits thinking but you go oh the, even the ridiculous whole story of like super strong Nadine uh, oh. and th- th- <laughs> there is incredible amounts of ridiculous nonsense going on and you're just thinking this makes no sense whatsoever but, but the beauty of the characters makes you go I'm invested I suppose and I suppose it was almost pastiche of days of our lives and those kinds of soaps where that kind of stuff is treated really seriously whereas in this it's like yeah so housewife Nadine has has amnesia but also suddenly she's developed superpowers and it was just like it was just over the top enough that you could be like oh I know what you're doing you're looking at this sort of you know through a glass darkly or the worst characters we should have not necessarily have to favourite characters but worst characters so your mm. least favourite characters Lucy and Eddie I hated both of them I'm with you they're the worst I don't, I don't think I've got a worst character it, everybody's got some kind of redeeming feature of some description I don't think I, I can't I couldn't single anybody out as being I didn't dislike them intensely also I was kind of like what was that whole Josie storyline about I read when I was um, researching, sort of trying to remember the story um, to do the recap, that Josie Packard was originally meant to be an Italian character and she was going to be played by Isabella Rossellini. Oh, nice. And I just think what we could have had and what we ended up with was a wet f. Isn't Isabella, isn't she in the revival? I think so, yeah. I think she's one of the cast members. Oh so it God, might be they're bringing that. it back. But, See, I, um, I hate. James Hurley, because sorry, why do all the girls in the town fancy this guy? Because he's got a motorcycle. Oh, like, he's that guy's he's hair got... and his face. Literally, he's, got, he's like, but he's got like the he's got he's got the motorbike and like the leather jacket, and he's always like James Dean. It's like, but he's he's so drippy. He's such a gear. he's not a bad boy. He's such a muppet. And also like Josie Packard as well, literally yeah. points. But yeah, James Hurley. Every time I see his face on screen, especially you know the bit when like in they're in school and they find out that Laura's dead, and then he's crazy he like, no! and he's like got this face where he's like. He's pouting, like, <laughs> I think worse than you do on yourself, he's every morning. <laughs> but that whole Thank sequence James. in the classroom, though, that's that's another example of, like, David Lynch and doing his thing. You know, there's screaming people going past the door and the way the camera goes round. And, and, and I think there is a bit of power in that bit where he snaps the pencil. There's something in that. Do you, know moment. Who, do you know who's the unsung hero of Twin Peaks is? It's the guy who dances down the corridor on the first episode who you never <laughs> see again. <laughs> so we touched on this before, but it's cultural impact, I think, is... A lot more than people expect. And you, you, you can't overstate it. It's, um, it's literally every big TV show that followed it owes some debt to it. I think the whole idea of um, like having a, a procedural drama where there's then an overarching sort of serialized mystery or, or you know, serialized story going on, that kind of goes back to that. And I'm, I mean, sort of one of the big, big things I'm thinking is like something like Buffy. Yeah. Or literally any kind of um, sort of you know big popular even like Agents genre of show. Now. Yeah, yeah. You you have the case of the week, and you have kind of you know, and then but then there's always some kind of like thing lurking in the background. So in Twin Peaks, that was Bob and and the Lodge, um, and yeah, that that idea of you know sort of and and also just the whole um, suburban gothic. I think this is like the archetype of that. So and that's again everything from Buffy the Vampire Slayer to Desperate Housewives. Which went in much more that kind of embraced the kind of cheesy melodrama angle, but with that darkness underneath everyday life. I think the Desperate Housewives is, is pulling more of the Lynchian thing because you've got there's almost a direct tie from Blue Velvet and the character Kyle McLaughlin played in that to Agent Cooper, and then Kyle McLaughlin once again 
turning up mm. in Desperate Housewives. Desperate Housewives very much got that blue blue velvetness to it. But also as well, Twin Peaks is, is not a unique thing that ap- appeared on television. I think things had been building to that point and there's a lot of influences within Twin Peaks. There's, there's masses of, of Hitchcock in there. There's loads of stuff. You know, Vertigo is very much an, a heavy in, influence on, on Twin Peaks. But everything, like you said, Northern Exposure, even stuff like Fargo and the pe- people who are making television today, the Brian Fullers, the Coen Brothers, Noah Hawley's, they're all hugely influenced by what Lynch did with that and also Mark Frost's influence on how he produced that as a TV show because we're running out of time with this uh, and this is going to probably be the longest discussion of it season 3 theories where's it going what are we expecting I'm so like on tenterhooks trying to like figure out <coughs> what is going to be the resolution with um, Agent Cooper and Bob with the with the one of the biggest cliffhangers in TV history and that's how the show ended I am really I just can't wait to find out what is going to be going, going on with that I, I, I just yeah there's two things that interest me. One is the notable absence of Lara Flynn Boyle in the cast. Is that just because she she's hates her? She's the Shannon Doherty of and that mm-hmm. cast. And she doesn't look like Lara Flynn Boyle anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, though, do you speculate that potentially the reason things kick off is maybe Donna's been killed? Because weirdly enough, Alicia Witt and... Doc Haywood are in the cast, her but, father and her but sister. But we've got, we've got precedence here for somebody else being Donna, because they, Donna wasn't played by Lara Flynn Boyle in Fire Walk with me. Yeah. So there's precedence for the character oh, to still was, be there. Um, Moira Keller. It was the woman, the, the mum from One Tree Hill. So, the, yeah, I get what you're saying. Though. You, it's, it could go either way. So she could have been yeah. killed or she could be recast. I think that she's going to be a catalyst for the story. Could be. Because there was also there was that reveal at the end of season two that her father wasn't who she thought he was. Mm. Because obviously everyone in that town has had an affair with everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so that, that, that's interesting. Yeah. But my other theory is um, Laura Dern. They're making a big deal about Laura Dern being the cast. And obviously she's a big Lynch collaborator. She's mm. got to be Diane, hasn't she? Oh my that, god, that, that I, makes sense. I really want to see Diane. That I hope would that's be, something we get. As it a would be. Off. I mean, if they have to cast Diane, Laura Dern would be perfection. But I kind of want to never know who Diane. I would like that mystery to remain untouched. It's going to be in it. It's let's face it. It's going to be in it. And I'm pretty sure, like I say, she's in all the she's in a lot in a lot of the promotional materials, and I keep interviewing her. She obviously has some she's heft on this big. story. But mm. it's like. The, the 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 connection with Diane is is Agent Cooper, and this is the thing with like Firewall with me that uh, the, uh, to, uh, both uh, is both a sequel and a prequel to the series, mm. and a lot of the what they're setting up is 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 Agent Cooper's he's dreaming, he's got visions, and again it could all be that that Diane is another entity like Bob, like Mike like the man from another place who doesn't exist in the Maybe real world the and she, actually lodge. she's she's a yeah mm. she's dale's connection to that yes. because what i want to see is the fact that the dale cooper that's in the world now isn't odd cooper this is the doppelganger that chases him at the end of the last episode in the first season so the, the infested bob character so somehow this evil dale has been living in our world whilst the real cooper has been stuck for 25 years and that's why Laura tells him, I'll see you in 25 years' time. Because he's now, the series is hopefully going to start with some kind of way that he breaks out, he gets out of the, you know, where he was. Do you think that Cooper's behaviour over the last few years, so obviously, bear in mind with Leland, Bob possessed Leland as a child, but Leland made, was, you know, a successful lawyer, he had a family. Do you think Coop's going to be the same? So he's been Coop. I but imagine. Then yeah. But it could be that he's now the, the, the director of the FBI, because I know we break out of Twin Peaks. That, that stuff is going to be happening in different parts of the US, which would only make sense if 
if we are going to see other FBI agents in other parts of the country investigating other crimes or other things that are happening. So spreading it out beyond Twin Peaks makes sense in terms of like perhaps Cooper is now at a point where he's in charge of a lot of things and he's spreading his uh, influence out and about. Do you think there's going to be a new main character? Because I, I, I haven't read it, but I ordered the Secret History of Twin Peaks book and there's a character called Tamara... Parker, maybe, I think her surname is. People speculate that she's potentially going to be the main character here, and we haven't seen her yet. We don't know who she is, but because she's involved with this book, she could be the lead character here. I think that might be a smart way to kind of do a soft reboot mm. and be like, even if you don't know what's gone on previously, you can come in as a new viewer. You've got this new kind of maybe audience surrogate character. Maybe it'll be kind of like a Clary Starling Jr. FBI kind of agent character or maybe it'll be a, a someone who you know is going to high school in Twin Peaks or so I, I mean I have no idea but that would be an interesting way of then sort of starting that mystery afresh and have um, Karma Clocklin on the periphery I, I mean I don't know it's just this is it I, I'm so excited I, I, I haven't <laughs> read anything because I want to go in blind and just experience it completely anew we have got oh. a massive cast there's a huge list of cast of characters so I think the idea of it being led by somebody not from the original show makes sense that that's our introduction to all of these other people that we're going to meet do you know who I think it potentially could be it's in the cast is Amanda Seyfried if you're going to cast a lead in a show I don't know why she seems like the obvious and, she, and to have that she's the all American sweetheart like Laura Palmer was on the surface. Mm. It would be a kind yeah. of that whole, you know, um, you know, Americana, everything's sweet and wholesome on the surface, and then when you look deeper, it's rotten to its core. I think I think David Lynch is very good at casting. I mean, like in Blue Velvet, Carl McLaughlin was that, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed, all American boy. Talking of David Lynch's other works, what would we say is the must watch stuff that you need to watch from David Lynch's of my all-time favourite is Mulholland Drive and I think I think that's probably the most accessible and the most sort of like one of the most <laughs> popular it? well well <laughs> maybe, in my head I have a theory about why it makes sense yeah. um, and it's I think it's just it's one of his most popular ones and it's not just because it's got two beautiful women making out it's a it's a beautifully told sort of dream that becomes a nightmare um, and yeah, I just that for me is there are so many moments of that that have stayed with me for years. Where to start? I certainly start with the razor head. Oh. It's, 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 an in, it's an incredibly creepy and unsettling piece of work. Uh, but I would also go uh, the Elephant Man. Is, yes, is a beautifully made, impeccably acted. Uh, you know, it, it contains one of uh, Anthony Hopkins' best performance. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great. I would, I would also go if you're going to go to Mulholland Drive, go Lost Highway as well because Lost Highway is another amazing piece of cinema that just messes with you, confuses you, pulls you in a hundred different directions, slaps you about a bit, and goes, yeah, there you go. I think it does actually have to be Twin Peaks. I think it's for exactly the reason that Phil said. You suddenly understand a hell of a lot of references from other TVs. And I go, wait, I get this now. And you can see the incredible impact it's had. There's so much TV that just wouldn't exist if it hadn't been for Twin Peaks coming first. I like to think that every work of David Lynch exists in the same universe. Well, it's funny you say that. Mulholland Drive was apparently meant to be an Audrey Horn spinner. She, she was the Naomi that, Watts yeah. character, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, which and and there are, you can sort of see it. What it's interesting is sort of like conversely with Twin Peaks, Mulholland Drive was meant to be a TV show that then became a film. Mm. Mm. Carl McLaughlin repeats quite a lot in the David Lynch. Well, maybe he has doppelgangers. No, maybe he's like being that re rebirth himself for each version of David well, Lynch. There, there is a theory that. Dale Cooper is Jeffrey from Blue Velvet a few years later, having yeah. dealt with oh, he's what changed happened. His name, yeah. yeah, so he's changed his name and become somebody else. So yeah. there's plenty of th I think there's plenty of theories out there in how it's all connected. And then he becomes Paul from House of Trades in June, which is a much maligned film, but 
I think it's actually a fairly decent, good interpretation of the film, uh, of the book. If you look at the size of the book, it is a tome. It is not easy reading. And I think David Lynch got the vast majority of the plot points in there uh, quite it, well. well we're, we're and again, about, stellar um, casting. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful looking film as well. Baron Harkonnen in that is what you imagine him to be in the book. Yeah. He's this corpulent pustule of a man who's disgusting from start to finish and that really works with David Lynch's surreal creepy aspect in his work. I mean, Patrick Stewart is in it. Yeah. I think don't be put off by the sting in his nappy. <laughs> that, that's, in, that, that's, that's inconsequential. That's yeah, it's inconsequential. It is. It's, the music's fantastic. Toto do a, uh, an incredible soundtrack for it. Yeah. It's weird. It's ethereal. It's crazy. It's definitely worth watching. I mean, I'll, I'll go with Phil. Holland drives my favourite, but as we've pretty much said, every, any film of his is worth watching. Go for Blue Velvet as well, because it's... I think that's another De- iconic one, isn't Dennis it? Hopper in that film is just um, absolutely sadistic. And it's, that, I think that's where the Lynch really sort of started this whole small town, you know... Small creeping. town horror. Yeah, yeah. that's... The, that's the film that kind of led the way with it and it's a beautiful looking film I need to mention one more which is my favourite which I'd somehow managed to forget Wild at Heart oh. I don't like Wild at Heart Wild at Heart oh, Wild at Heart's amazing Nicolas Cage Laura Dern Chris Isaac's doing Wicked Game at the end of it it's Wild at Heart's amazing and I loved the Sherilyn Fenn cameo in that as well because that was just before Twin Peaks came out was it mm. or, or just, just after, after. No, stop, lost, soon, come, find, way there. So, Twin Peaks is not the only show that's returning to our screens. Roseanne's coming back with pretty much all of the original cast, but I find this to be a very odd pick. John Goodman seems to be doing well in the movie world at the minute, so I can't see why he wants to go back. And also back to life, because as yeah. far as I can recall, he didn't he make it out of the series. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't he have like a massive heart attack towards the end, and then they had another series without him afterwards? No, he died in the... I never used to watch it, but I know that he died in the finale. Did he? Well, he wasn't might it, wasn't it kind ghost. of a retcon thing? Didn't they oh. reveal he'd actually died like a, a season before? And because they it won was a weird thing that actually it was all a dream, or there was some weird thing like that. Didn't they yeah. win the lottery and they were really rich for the last season? And then it was revealed at the end that the lottery win season had all been a dream, and that had been Roseanne's fantasy of what life with Dan alive would have been like when actually he was dead and they were still poor. And she was working as a waitress in a diner or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was a very odd way they wrapped it up. Such a shame she was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just hearing the dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> it's an odd choice of series to bring back. I mean, it was it was it did have a massive cultural impact at the time. It was great. Who's playing Becky? Well, know. yeah. Is it is it Sarah Chalk? Is it is it going to be? Um, I don't know actually. Um, oh God, what's the, the mum from Rick and Morty? Yeah, I wonder if Johnny Galecki's going to come back because surely he's way too busy with Big Bang Theory nowadays. I just, I mean. It was Roseanne was great. It was really I remember it being on like um, Channel Four on Friday nights along with like Friends and Frasier. It was like the American yeah. sitcom lineup. But I just, who, what, what, where are the hardcore fans out there who were demanding this? Yeah, I just I don't know what the audience is going to be. It was such a different time. And to say the show is very much as of that time. And and also like that whole kind of like you know traditional American sitcom yeah. is kind of dying now. I mean, how much flannel can they bring back? <laughs> <laughs> Another show that's coming back, DuckTales. Ooh. Yeah, looking forward to this <laughs> I'm one. more excited about that, to be fair. Yeah, yes. yeah, I'm ready for that. They've got a really good cast for it as well. Kate Micucci, a few others who I can't remember. Um, Abed from... Yes. Uh, Abed from Community. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, it seems to be an interesting cast. Okay, this is interesting, right? So a lot of shows are coming back or have been revived 
for some unknown reason, Prison Break is back, which is obviously one of the worst shows ever made. Yeah. Uh, 24 Leg- Legacy. The first series of Prison Break is Prison amazing. Break should have just been a really good film. 24 Legacies back, yeah. uh, which is, it shouldn't have happened as well. Is it is it the fact of American TV stations, they're cancelling things too soon, not realising what they've got? Because there's so many revivals happening. Well, I don't get what's happening here. I said, the whole cancelling thing's far too early. Isn't that kind of Fox's MO? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring back Keen yes. Eddie. <laughs> bring back Firefly. They'll never be That's around. not going to happen. No, it's too late now. Don't bring it back. <laughs> not now. Yeah. They but, bought Twin Peaks back, but Firefly is just not going to happen. It, Let's it, face it. Wasn't it, Twin Peaks on CBS originally and then it moved to Showtime? No, it was um, ABC, I think. Uh, CBS. CBS? Yeah. Well, wasn't it CBS? Yeah. yeah. Well, here's one for you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Buckaroo Banzai apparently is coming at the small screen. Why? Yeah. Why? I've just I've just found this online. <sighs> Why? It's official. There are no original ideas left. The yeah. Can go around in circles forever. The ticks coming back as well. well it's happening so again. We well to be fair, George and I watched the um, we watched the pilot and I was in Prime. It wasn't very good. Yeah. I, I won't it, lie. No, nah, it, it it wasn't great. It it was it, it's dumb comedy. It's, yeah, it, it, switch your brain off, have a laugh. And Patrick Warburton, when he did the live action series, that was enough tick for everybody. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. Dynasty's coming back. Yay! Really? Yeah. Does anybody they... know what Dynasty's about, other than the fact that it's Alexis probably not Carrington as as being fierce, <laughs> I was flawless, say, it's and largely fabulous. about big hair and shoulder pads, isn't it? That's and the plot. fights in yeah. water fountains. Yes. Does that mean Dallas is coming back too? Dallas Got... came back a few years ago. Dallas has been back. Yeah. Dallas, that's a thing. That's 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 Dallas, that has already no. happened. No da- impact. Da- <laughs> Dallas came and went. Basically, yeah. And let's say they're, they're rebooting these kind of like iconic soap operas and sitcoms with like a cast of hot young CW actors, and then they're like, oh, but they the charms did nine hundred two one a few years ago they yeah. rebooted that, and that was terrible. It was terrible yeah are we just not rebooting the 1980s because it, there seems to be and now it's the 90s everything, everything's going back to the 80s and now it's like we're just repeating all of these things we'll just put the same shows on again i think it's the stranger things thing which because they've been so yeah. successful people are trying to ride the coattails yeah, as much as oh they don't make I them think... like they used to so let's just make them like we used to yeah i think there's a difference again. between stranger things which is set in that period but new but the yeah. idea of doing dynasty and you know what's what's next? All creatures, great and small. Is that going to come back? Hey, that was a great show. The Good Life. Um, but yeah, so now it's like rather than the, we we had the eighties revivals and now it's nineties things. So one of the big nineties shows, which I'm actually quite looking forward to, is Will and Grace. Um, it's coming back later this year. I. It was really, really important for its time. I think it did a lot of things. Yeah. However, I'm I'm just really curious to see. Like, there are a lot of really politically incorrect things. I don't going think on. it's has, aged well. Yeah. I'm not, it has yeah. dated massively. I'm not sure. I'm just really curious to see how they because they obviously they did the big um, YouTube sketch in the lead up to the election where Karen was a Trump supporter. Yeah, they can't have no. that in the show. They just no. can't. Uh, even though she's this <coughs> incredibly rich, out of touch narcissist. Yeah. They can't have the most, like basically everyone's favourite character, they can't have her as a Trump supporter. Well, she so made just... references to Trump in the main show anyway, though, didn't she? There are a couple of times where... Back when he was just when he was the just rich a bit, guy. Yeah, <laughs> there, was, there are jokes where Karen refers to him as though they were good friends. He talks about Donnie. Just mm. says whether they're going to say retcon that or whether they've had a falling out the air. It could be brilliant or it could be a total car crash. But yeah, I'm just really interested to see now that they're all in their 40s and Karen's like 100. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, it's going to be so... It, it's it, going to be birds of a feather for an American audience. Oh my God, yeah. that was so bad. And I yes. love Leslie Joseph, but that was bad. That remake was... Well, that sequel. Just... It was... And then... Uh, yeah, no. Gonna, and and yeah. Matt from Busted was in it. Yeah. For <laughs> if no you're going to bring back a show, bring back Keeping Up Appearances. Yes. yes. The best, the <laughs> best sitcom of all time. Or, 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 no, no. Don't bring back Will and Grace. 
bring back our version of Will and Grace. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh, oh God. God. No. Oof. Never. Definitely not. If they want to cast me in it, they could bring back On the Buses. <laughs> or, I'd watch that. Or, uh, you know, the one when they're all learning languages in the school. What's that one called? Please, sir. Oh, but just bring wasn't back that all like these, the like, most racist show ever yeah, to appear on TV? Let's just bring back all of these terrible, awful TV shows that Love Thy Neighbour. they hadn't been. Yeah, all those. <laughs> oh. yeah, bless this house. Okay, so if you could bring back like a, a classic soap or sitcom, what would it be? Frasier. Guy beat me to it. <laughs> I I would probably bring back happy endings because that just ended too soon. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's a good endings. call. You're a penny. I would like an up-to-date version of Coupling. <gasps> See, I'm uh. currently re-watching that on Netflix. It's dated massively. It's, oh my God. Some of the things that they say in that are so offensive, but still, I'm still watching it. It's still so funny, even though it's so pretty incorrect. an episode themed around a VHS tape anymore, though. Oh my God, yeah. And and the fact that like mobile phones are just a new thing now. And, yeah. and, and oh, it's, yeah. But it's it's still the the cast of that were perfection. The writing so so clever, and for a sitcom, the things it did um, were just yeah. so interesting. I think stuff that wouldn't work as a reboot is space. That was so obvious. Although having said that, like you know, sort of pretending to be a couple so you can rent a tiny tiny flat in London. That's yeah. kind of very you you <laughs> could do that now. Though. Yeah, and Bill Bailey had another trilogy that he could complain about. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see Black Books come back. I'd love to see Bernard Black dealing with the modern world. People in a bookshop on smart phones like there is some to serve real untapped rage that would yeah. be hilarious to watch i think i don't know gremlin has not had a great history about bringing stuff back no the it mm. crowd special was that was yeah that just, that uh, never needed to come back because yeah. the the whole joke about the it crowd was that um you could tell he didn't really get technology yeah but that was what was funny about it and mm. count arthur strong has not oh so bad See, I know I'm going to probably get a bit of hate from certain people on this, but I'd love to have some of wine. I'm no. right. You've already, I'm had, right. you've already had open all hours, but we do not speak of that. Um, but I was going to say, I, I'd be quite interested to see what a, what a, uh, a remake of Spin City would be like. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, yeah, good call. I had forgotten about Spin City, but I used to really yeah, like that. I did. Yeah, it was probably one of my favourite <gasps> Michael J. Fox roles. You're going to say Caroline the City? No, that that too, but no, <laughs> Sybil. Yes. <laughs> Ellen. Oh, she's so she recently um, her had her big twentieth anniversary of yeah. coming out on the show. Love, love, love that. To with Laura Dern. Laura Dern was yes. her girlfriend. I reckon that you could do the Ellen dance, Phil, if you tried. I can do anything if I tried. I'm amazing. <laughs> I'd like to see a reboot of Tomorrow's World. Thought Maggie Philbin's character was quite cool. I'd like to see what she's up to nowadays. <laughs> I love Tomorrow's World. Tomorrow's the Tomorrow World. People. They've yeah. already done it. Yeah, but Tomorrow's World was one of my favourite TV shows when I was a kid, and it got me interested into science and geekiness. And why haven't how? we got a modern equivalent? I like how. How, how. how was great. Yeah. How to? Yes. Okay. Worst, worst reboot that's been that's come back onto TV since oh, reboot. So too many. I'm gonna put it out there. Robot Wars, utter trash. Ooh, I quite like any Robot Wars. Dara Brin is not an amazing host for that kind of thing. I think Mega Boss Man. I think he proved that with his terrible Go Eight Bit show. Yeah, that came back this week. Did it? It was still Didn't 20 minutes that. of Let's go around in a circle. So, what the hell? And do a little dance whilst running around the stage. An hour that show. Yeah, I say I, I do like the concept of 
go eight bit, but yeah. the execution has been somewhat lacking. Worth reboots in? Oh, so much choice. Oh, um, I mean, normally, like, if a reboot happens, I'm like, that's bad. I'm not going to watch it, so I can't really say. Yeah, I'd say worst remake that I've ever had the misfortune to watch was the American F pilot episode they made of Red Dwarf. I didn't even know that was a thing that happened. Yeah. So they kept no. Danny John Jules and Robert Llewellyn and replaced Rimmer and Lister, and I think that's was it weird. Lister was him from Community. Is this Graham the one was... where Dax from Deep Space Nine was yes. one of the characters? Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things that it piloted in the states, but we've never seen it in the UK. Okay, it's there's a reason why it was never shown in the UK. Yeah. It's the most god awful half an hour on TV that I've ever seen. So there was a very clever, good sitcom um, that aired on Channel Four, and very very few people saw it called Free Agents with Sharon Horgan yeah. and Stephen Mangan, and then they yeah. remade it in the states with I think it was Catherine Hahn and Hank Azaria, and that yeah. was terrible. Talking of remakes and reboots, because I've seen the trailer this week, Star Trek Discovery <gasps> has moved forwards a little bit, and we've got we've had some actual oh, yeah. footage from the trailer for that. Now, I don't. I'm they gonna, I'm went gonna... a bit too actiony with the trailer for me. If you're sticking with the prime timeline, you need to be a bit more. But and, and so this is what I wanted to ask everybody because I don't think it's it's the prime timeline. No. Because looking at those costumes and looking at the Klingons, I'm thinking this is post Nero arriving in the Kelvin universe it must and I be. think I think it's got to take place in the J.J. Abrahams because there's no way this can be a, a segue between Enterprise and original no. series Star Trek This it just it just doesn't seem to fit I like the look of it it looks pretty mm. cool the shot of the ship coming through the clouds the characters are fantastic the fact that we've got loads of female led characters I'm really hyped for it but I don't think it, it fits yeah, in the prime it's universe it's too shiny it's too action there's, there's yeah. lens flare there which yeah. is and also I think it's taking too many cues from the J.J. Abrams films with especially like oh it's a space action film rather than it needs to be about exploration it's called Discovery for heaven's yeah. sake the Orville Seth MacFarlane no. See, uh, doing, he, he, he's taken Galaxy Quest and made it into a TV series he needs to stop again no, that's, leave gonna, it alone. that's that's going to be one joke stretched yeah. and I mean he's very good at taking one joke and beating it into the ground it's called That's Family Guy career, it's just going to be Family Guy in space I've watched the trailer it did make me chuckle and I'd snort. rather watch just like a Family Guy parody of Star Trek like they did with yeah. Star Wars rather than mm. a, a whole show I'd where he to... has to star in it why does he have to star in it he's not but that great an actor he is one of the biggest Star Trek fans and you can see that throughout his TV series he'll try and get as many Star Trek people yeah. into it as possible so I'm actually hoping this is going to be the series that he's always wanted to make and he's had to make Family Guy and American Dad and all that stuff to get to the stage where he can get away with making Fox pay for this TV series is it going to be basically like a, a TV version of Red Shirts he has a very large head yeah see <laughs> No. <laughs> Adrian, Thanks, guy. He's got Adrian Palicki in it yeah. playing his wife as well. I'll, I'll be honest. Oh, of course he does. I've never found uh, Family Guy, American Dad, I think. I don't find anything Seth, Seth MacFarlane does funny. I think the no. first couple of series were great because it was riffing on that whole Simpsons life. And then it, yeah, got, it, just got, just it got very sick. tired. Very Even quick. the Simpsons yeah. isn't funny anymore. No. 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 The it's... Simpsons has been funny for a decade. No. American Dad is funny because it's he's not in charge of it. And yeah. because they have a character like Roger the Alien, where they can basically tell any kind of story they want, yeah. and um, and and they just have so much more fun with it. So going back to what we said about Star Trek, why is Michelle Yeoh's character cosplaying as uh, Daisy Ridley's character from Star Wars as, as cosplaying as Ray? Because <laughs> um, yeah, yeah it's, it was one of the things where you, I saw it on Facebook. They showed it side by side, and it was just like, hang on a minute, that's which hilarious. which one which one are we looking at here? But that. It's just that's the only way to dress in desert planets. That's you've, yeah. got, you've got to do the bandages and the this goggles. season. <laughs> the the one thing that got me as well was the uniforms were too nice. So if you're going from Enterprise, where they've got the jumpsuits, mm. 
And then, as you said, if it's going to be the J.J. Abrams, you go through Kelvin, which pretty much has the TOS series uniforms. And then they go back to this kind of Fleet Admiral pipe, gold piping, dark blue stuff, then to return back to the TOS uniforms in the movies. Feels well, a bit I was, disjointed. I said, doesn't it? Isn't it supposed to be set before all of Enterprise and all the rest of it? But Kelvin was twenty, well, twenty-five years before Star Trek. So yeah, it's going to be in between that yeah. series. It's ten years before Kirk and Spock. So it's going to be slap bang okay. in the middle of so that. I'm, I'm sure I'd seen stuff online that was saying it was pre everything. Um, no, it's, um, it's 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 after Enterprise, but before TOS. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't mind if they just go. Yeah, it's set in the. Kelvin universe. That's cool. I don't mind. Yeah, if they, I, I if want they to come watch out and say, yes, series with Star Trek, it's like, you know, that's But I thought the whole mind. deal was Paramount had the film rights and CBS had the TV rights, and that's why they had to keep them separate. Yeah. But my, my uh, tip to anybody making TV, just make it good. Just write good stories. Sage advice, Keith. Thanks, Keith. Thanks, Mr. Timms. Time for our semi regular feature Cosplay 101. George, you're off to MCM with Dave mm-hmm. next week. Emergency kit of what stuff you need to take. Yeah, all cosplayers definitely need an emergency kit of supplies because, you know, you've spent the week. If you're like anything like me, you actually haven't finished your costumes yet, so you've probably hot glued most of it. So mishaps will happen. And on that theme, definitely take safety pins because if you don't need them, another cosplayer will. Take super glue for that exact reason. Take painkillers because your shoes will hurt. Another cosplayer saw a recommendation this week for that ibuprofen gel, which is genius because if you've got stupid shoes on, and like gents, this applies to you as well. I've seen so many cosplay men wearing ridiculous shoes. as well. You can like rub some of the gel on your heels and you're actually going to be in less agony. I think that's one of the best suggestions I've seen this week. Sounds like you're going to need to take a bum bag. Or you'd take a Dave who carries all your stuff for you. That's what I do. Uh, that is the other part of my Emergency kit. I recognise. Uh, yeah, highly recommend having a, a non-cosplaying boyfriend. Yes, this is this is my because co- I'm officially on a year year out this year. Just to you're on sabbatical. Yeah, exactly. So you've my, officially uh, become a chirper. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, my my, my only cosplayer this year is a pack horse. <laughs> I recommend that for the emergency supply kit. Take yeah. water, cosplayers never drink yeah. anything, and there's and always that person who's drunk too much the night before. So again, it's yeah, always useful to have a bottle of water to give yeah, to someone else. And or, or in, in those rehydration the, um, yeah, the, pack uh, things. Yeah, uh, Yeah, and also I thought one light was for stopping stuff happening. No, Dioralite's um, like oh, it's like, yeah, it's the, like the like glucose tablet sort of like the electrolyte stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But one thing you did miss, George, um, and it's a weird one, but bear with me on it. Panty liners, because sanitary pads. Yeah, it's it's no, like the thinner ones. There's yeah. a, there's a whole group of cosplayers who stick them in the armpits of spandex costumes. Yeah, so because the, they don't breathe. Bleed through. It's actually <laughs> there. You go. It's a smart idea. I've got a really disturbing image now, Dave. Oh. You handing out sanitary towels to women at <laughs> conventions. Like, you might need these. No, take two. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Broken guy now. That's it. Oh, Dave's walking around with a pack of tampons. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Tampons wouldn't work. There are some, no, there are some interesting cosplay hack. hacks out there. That is one of the more unusual, but it seems to work for people. Yeah, I also recommend friends who can sew. Um, I'm pretty crap at on-the-go repairs, but I have useful friends who carry little mini sewing kits. And I've had people do things like re-sew gloves for me that have broken. That really helped. Cool. We've got one of those mini sewing machine things. I actually do own one of those, yeah. It's really useful. Are they actually any good? They're all right. I wouldn't like to do anything more than like literally sewing up tiny holes and you yeah, can probably a, just easy to just stick quick, a safety Quick run, running stitch job, it's fine, but anything yeah. more complicated now. Running stitch is something that I have much frequency with, but the other sort. Way. Why it's rubbish. Uh, semi-regular feature where we 
moan, basically. Surprisingly, this feature was started by Mr. Guy Halford himself. Guy, why is something rubbish to you? Um, something that is rubbish to me is people seeing events that have taken place in the media and for some reason taking it upon themselves to make it this current social event of their life and making sure that everybody's aware that this has happened and they're affected by it as well. Even though they would have no direct influence on the event, uh, they needed to make sure that everybody was aware of what was happening, even though it was going to be a day later when they spoke about it. That's rubbish. That's a very explosive opinion, guy. <laughs> Dropping that bomb in the studio. <laughs> Dave, why is something rubbish to you? I've, I'm, I've got nothing. I'm overwhelmed It's been a good week for me, so I'm going I'm to step back on this feature and George, also try and recover from Guy. What I really hate is those people on Facebook who invite you to everything. I mean, admittedly, having worked in PR, I'm friends oh, with a lot yeah. of PR people, yes. and you get like an, an event invitation every five minutes to go and see some thing you've never heard of or go to a party for a brand you've never heard of. Get the hint. I've clicked ignore to the last 400 events you've invited me to. Please stop. Phil wouldn't. There's free wine. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're going to invite me everywhere, then I'm, I'm going to show up. I will show up to the opening of an envelope. Um, <laughs> events without free wine, though. It's like, please pay this entry fee to come to this event I'm promoting. Oh, hell no. No. no! Leave me paid. alone. Yeah. Um, so my why it's rubbish is when somebody takes a selfie and puts it on Instagram and thinks that's activism. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. this, is, this, is, this is something that's... So, I mean, you've, yes. done, you've got things like, um, for I think it was it for cancer charities, people were doing the makeup-free selfies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, well, you, you, you've gone makeup-free, but you've filtered yourself to buggery, so you still don't look like you. So and you kind of missed the point. And the whole point was you're supposed to do a five-pound donation at the time to then promote it. And L- the, like the, whole, the Ice Bucket Challenge. Exactly. The Ice Bucket Challenge is a way of, like, either donate money or do the challenge. I did both. Yeah. Well, and that's what you should do. <laughs> Your video is amazing. Amazing. Just freeze frame at but least. It's, um, <laughs> so I think the one at the moment, it's like um, a lot of instagays are protesting the treatment of um, of gay people in Chechnya because obviously that's a, it's atrocious yes. what's going on. Instagay. But they're instagays basically like it's a hashtag gays gays on Instagram. But it's like it's like the 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 vapid like really like attractive ones who are just like so basic and dumb and um, and they're like posting like, photos of like time. oh these gay couples are kissing on and t- posting selfies of like themselves kissing each other in protest and it's like. What is that doing other than just getting attention for you and your partner? What is, how is that helping the people in Chechnya who are being rounded up and sent to prison? You are doing nothing. It's not about you, Brad. Brad. <laughs> it's, it, yes. Awareness. Awareness is I'm raising awareness should, of yes. me. Awareness should be something that is in benefit. So don't just do awareness. It's like you get Stop these... Stop saying awareness. You get these charities which are set up as not-for-profits... And like it's to raise awareness for a specific thing, and nothing happens with it. Like yeah. Kanye West Foundation, I think, closed uh, recently, and it gave 0.04% of the donations to charity. Because yeah, not for profits, like they might not be for a profit, but yeah. they're like all the money you donate is just like to pay their staff because they're hiring like big social media agencies to like do all their PR for them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So 0.04% to charity. That is, yeah, that is theft, that, of my opinion. What, what yeah. did he have a foundation for? Himself. himself. Yeah. he's It's Kanye West. Does he need to have a foundation for anything? Can he's, I start a like, Philip Ellis foundation for me? <laughs> I bl- so to raise awareness of me. I blame yeah. this 100% on Seinfeld and George. When mm. George sets up the Human Foundation, which is basically his excuse of not having to pay people's Christmas presents by giving a donation <laughs> away. <laughs> and then he gets a check at work to give to this charity that he's made of. And then he cashes the check for himself. <laughs> and that's where everybody's got the idea from. I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah. Keith, why is something rubbish to you? 
I feel bad now having to follow Phil, and he's one that actually has some resonance and importance to everybody's lives, because I'm just going to pick something that has no resonance or importance to anybody's life. Uh, the Alien franchise. <laughs> um, have you my, seen the most recent one then I ha- no I haven't seen it I've seen enough about it uh, my whole thing with this is in 1979 an incredible piece of film appeared on the big screen in which a bunch of ordinary people encountered a bizarre unknowable thing that had one thing in mind and that was to destroy you and now back in recent past they've all decided that oh we need to humanize the alien and make it seem really interesting and it's all about the engineers and like how we destroy ourselves and like all of this other stuff that really scott's doing and it's like no no the problem the problem you've got is the alien was alien because it was alien giving it a backstory is just pointless and stupid and rubbish and is just an excuse for you to churn out cobbler's movies where you get to fantasize about michael fassbender all the time does we're going to start aliens... an awareness campaign, I think, for this. So we're going to post selfies <laughs> yeah. with, with chestbursters to protest. Alien, so aliens are on. alien. Leave it, Ridley. Yeah. Um, but do yeah. think Aliens gets a pass? Aliens gets a pass because it doesn't do anything about the mythology of the alien. It's yes. all about Ripley, which is nice because it's this. But there's no extension of like why the aliens exist. I mean, they introduce the queen alien, which perhaps is a bit stupid. It, it makes sense from that kind of entomology kind of thing with the eggs but. yeah but it's like the whole uh, the whole alien covenant prometheus thing of like going oh, yeah we've got the engineers who aren't as big as what they look like in alien and we just messed it all about i think just... alien versus predator should have been the let's stop now yeah but even that's now like how does that work because if if it's all happening in the future yeah. and the aliens are being made by a psychopathic android how do they yeah. end up in a pyramid under the antarctic uh, makes no sense. Stop it, Ridley, and yeah. please, for God's sake, do not ruin Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> right, my one is the scourge of most social media at the moment. The please Should like, and- <laughs> <laughs> the please like and share statuses. Oh, which kind of backs ninety-nine percent of people, people won't, won't read this. Those ones. Fastest way to guarantee I'm going to keep scrolling. Yes, and yeah. usually attached with the minions picture with the. Profound statement, which has nothing to do with a minion. Being like in and the share if you don't want your mum to get cancer. Yeah, those. <laughs> yeah. Pl- please, Facebook, find a way to stop these posts appearing anywhere. If it says please like and share, that should automatically disqualify any kind of personal post. Daring all my friends to copy and paste this status. <laughs> I legitimately yes. legit wanted to kill you there, George. Only my close family and friends will share this status. No, we won't, because we hate you. Copy and paste, don't click the share button. And it's like you get these things which go around, like, oh, pick three songs that you really love. Yeah. And then you have to write it, and then somebody will give you a random selection. It's like, play the 30th song in your I iPod. nominate you to do this. It's like, well, I nominate you to get a life. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I'll do I you one better. I'll, I'll do you one <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to go with mine. Like, yes, do, do whole, I nominate you to jump off the motorway bridge. <laughs> Actually, right. Don't do that, folks. Don't do that. We were just joking. We don't mean anything. I wasn't joking. (laughs) Do it. Doing the world a favour. And then share it on Facebook. Yeah. Facebook Live. Copy and paste. Actually, I'll do you one better, Ryan. All these, um, you've seen the the brand ones where it's like, you know, we uh, we've got uh, thirty of these things that we can't sell now because they've been opened and. Oh God. Yeah. Yes. I've seen retweet to win this thing yeah, that we it, don't actually have. Yeah, I, I, I saw one the other day on Facebook that a friend of mine shared for a camper van. 
What? Like, like when did, you know, somebody I, opened the packet on the camper van. <laughs> yeah, no, like, yeah, we can't sell yeah, this. We can't, we so can't we're sell this it because, it's, because it's, uh, we've opened the back door. It's like no longer mint in box. <laughs> Like, you know, I mean, who, who in this day wants a camper van? It's we're not in the nineteen eighties anymore. I'd take a camper van. I'd quite yes. happily have a camper van. I have, give that I have a second yeah. white rubbish as well, which I'm going to steal because Dave <laughs> didn't have one. Which is brands trying to be on trend with memes and stuff. Oh, like and that. the minute a brand uses a meme, it's dead. Like I yeah. think the most recent one is um, like Mimicky SpongeBob. Yes. And it's like yeah. a, a brand used it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm not, I can't use this anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun that anymore." Is the death or like Guys the um, the one confused. where it's like the the shouting Meryl Streep at the was that at the Golden Globes? Yeah, yeah. And it's usually something with buy our bread or something like that, which has no relevance whatsoever to how it's done. Hi, fellow kids. Yes, I think the biggest one in recent memory was Pepe the Frog was everywhere, and then it got attached, attached to the Donald Trump <laughs> campaign. A, a little bit racist. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. become like a racist hate. To genuinely summing up like the opinions of today, there seems to be a group consensus of why is it rubbish? Facebook. <laughs> Other people, yeah. Yeah. No, other people on Facebook. I we are all, we're all incredibly entertaining and engaging, I'm and we we provide rich hashtag engaging content. Yeah. I just post cobblers on Facebook. I thought that's what yeah. it's for. Please it like it's, and share it's, it's, for a it's, copy uh, of the Aliens on DVD. We've opened the yeah. box, so you can't have it. Facebook is the landfill of the internet. I think Facebook. You could say it's a bomb site. Really, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yes. I think it needs closing off with lots of diversion. <laughs> diversion to my Twitter. Follow me. Just automatic redirect. Yeah. Please like and share Philip's posts. <laughs> what's, what's bad now is that we're about to all say our social media. <laughs> well, no, first, yeah. it was somebody's birthday in the studio. And we couldn't oh, let thanks. this go away. Are we going to sing? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, thank it's a brand you. new birthday song on the spot. A brand new, never heard of birthday Did, song. Uh, yes. Oh, it's got... Birthdays are ace, birthdays are fab We each have one every year Except if you were born on the 29th of February In which case you don't, you only get one every four But George has got one today, it's super ace She's a wonder and let's all see her face When she opens her presents Does that same song apply to everybody? George's name has to fit into it Happy birthday song, you add in somebody's name Now let's look at Ryan's face while he opens his presents I think many more than three syllables You're going to start struggling to continue my themed birthday presents, I've got Wonder Woman jelly beans. Excellent. And the little book of Wonder Woman. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I have become predictable. You've got a card as well. I have. Is there Wonder Woman on my card? Might Open it and find out. <laughs> there is! <laughs> That's brilliant. Wonder Woman doing the hoovering. That's genius, actually. Is that genuinely you in doing ho- doing housework? Because we have that exact same Hoover, and we I do actually. Yeah. I could do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to recreate this for you when I get home, guys. Thank you very oh, much. Bloody hell! <laughs> Where's that going? <laughs> the way Dave's eyes lit up. <laughs> Dave's going home with more than a party bag today. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking yeah. now. Do you think d- there's Dave lounging on the settee, dressed <laughs> up like Steve Trevor? Uh, <laughs> Although this is something that now turning to a bit of a Leo and Shelley situation. <laughs> George, have we done the vacuuming? No. Do it in cosplay. <laughs> it is time to talk about our social media now. Philip Ellis, where can we tell you? 
find you on not Facebook to talk about how every other social media is wrong. You can find me on Twitter, the best social network, uh, <laughs> at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L, Ellis with two. Look for the ginger man with the blue tick. That's becoming a catchphrase I don't like. <laughs> what the ginger man? Catch with the me blue... outside. How about that? <laughs> the ginger man with the blue tick means like. I, all I can think is Patrick Warburton following you around. <laughs> yeah, one, day, one day I hope he slips from the ginger man with the blue. D- thanks for making the blue me man to group is coming to Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having to make the podcast even longer with me, Emma. Got your potty mouth out. I want to make it like a little verified symbol to wear as a hairband, like a Sims like a plum bob. Yes. I like, like yeah, like a plum on bob a on the Sims on a spring. Yes, yes. I would wear that. <laughs> George, where can we find you? You can find me at Caramel Latte Kiss on uh, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or you can find me on CaramelLattekiss.com Well, I'm actually on a bit of a roll and I've posted like every day for two weeks. Yeah, David? Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, dwit 3187 Facebook, uh, Armor, Instagram, Armor as well. Mr. Bluefield Esquire. Just search Hard Luck Hotel, ignore the Count Duckula episodes and you'll find me. Mr. Halford? Anybody? Guy discovers music.wordpress.com. He hasn't updated it for a while, so hang on to your boots. <laughs> uh, guy and Scott Halfway on Twitter and Final Guy H on uh, Instagram. And you can find me, go on then. Uh, you can find Ryan in the Black Lodge. That's, that's a normal one for you. I thought he was going to say petting a very angry cat called <laughs> Prince Lord Bigglesworth. <laughs> you can find me at Ryan Parrish, at Robbie Gormand. Food blog nominated MFDHO A awards. Go. go vote. Yes. And you can find us all on Geeky Brummy on Twitter. Geeky Brummer. We changed the name of the show. Geeky Ch- Brummy Geeky on Twitter. G W E K Y B R U W M I E on Twitter. And we all post fun stuff throughout the week. Many please please like and share our yeah. pictures <laughs> and posts. Follow me. Don't forget to comment and then share with all your friends. With the please like and share. Ninety nine percent of people won't do that, but I want you to. <laughs> and if you can have get us get yourself a selfie with you and Phil, there'll be a prize for the best one. Yes. So we're going to give away this podcast because it's been open now. <laughs> <laughs> Chase Phil around Birmingham with a bottle of prosecco. You're guaranteed a photo. <laughs> the True. prizes will be explosive. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash brumradio or visiting the Brum Radio website and hitting support.